Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Episode 15, Building a Thriving Community. Welcome back to Thriving the Future podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the community. We had some questions on the Telegram channel about what community looks like for us. Is that what we actually have, or is that what we want to see? Well, let's do both. Okay. Right? So let's do... Let's let's do what we have now. Yeah, let's do as is and to be. Okay. So right now, so right now, one of the questions was, how big, how big is your group? We have eight to ten families. Yeah. And there was a question on, uh, so how did you all meet, and and do you recruit, or, you know, or do you build it and they will come, or, or how does it work? I think it's more of a do what we're doing and make sure we're telling people what we're doing and let them filter themselves out. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, what we want is people that have the same values, mindset, goals, and are doers, right? right. So to get that, they, they need to know what's happening, right? And sure. when they know what's happening, then they can join in or not. And then we don't have to worry about so much. Yeah. So basically, we invite our friends or whatever, um, one, of our, one of our community group members, if he runs across somebody... Who uh, seems like they would be aligned with some of the things we're doing? Then he talks to them and invites them. Yeah, we invite them. Um, we try to get them in the chat rooms or deeper discussions or more detailed discussions. And right. you meet somebody that's kind of interested. You make sure you tell them what happened at the last workshop and that kind of thing, so that they know. It, just keep refreshing their memory that's going on. And, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we have workshops once a month. And we vary where they're at. Sometimes uh, we've done workshops where we have, uh, when the weather was nicer, we um, we processed some apples and apple cider. Yeah. And then uh, we uh, we do some projects or whatever if someone needs something at their house. So a couple yeah. of weeks ago, um, the folks went over to one of our members' house, and he has some uh, logs. And some downed trees that are that are threatening to wash down the creek, and take out the bridge that goes over his creek. That's his main access to the road. So everybody went over and did some chainsawing, did some hauling, got that out of the way, and things like that. We've had garden tours yeah. in the summertime. It's good to see what everybody else is growing, how they do it, get some new ideas. Yep. And then uh, we our workshops are usually. We call them no one's an expert, but we're going to get stuff done. Right. The whole, the whole idea is to be sharing things that are of interest to each of us. New yeah. skills we're learning, new projects or stuff that's a skill that we've used for a long time. Sure. So that we're sharing that information and learning what the other one has learned on those topics. And as we do that, that skill set changes. But we also find out... You know, like me and Scott are making vinegar. So if anybody needed vinegar, they'd probably call us over going to the grocery store, right? And Correct. We can trade that for some thyme weed in the garden or for mm-hmm. a bottle of apple cider or yep. whatever makes sense. We process some roosters. We've gotten together and uh, processed rabbits and mm. things like that. So we got together and took down a windmill and moved it to another guy's house. Yeah. And uh, so our workshops are usually, we determine ahead of time who's going to speak. It's usually one or two people, uh, sometimes three, depending on how, on the topic. And then uh, 
And then we... Like when we did the EDC bags. We each brought our bag and we just went through. And as we got to the other people, they showed the stuff that was new. So we weren't repeating. But it was a share experience, see other layouts, see other ways of doing that. It's... Mm -hmm. And then we all usually, so we have these once a month. We we predetermine what day it's going to be on. It's going to be on the second Saturday of the month. So everybody knows it's coming up, right? We usually have the barter blanket at the end of it. And we've talked about the barter blanket on the previous episode, episode 13. Well, actually, two episodes back. Um, episode 13, we've, we have some articles on the, on the thriveinthefuture.com website on those and what that looks like. So you can... Um, Take a listen to that and see what that's like. And then this weekend, we have a workshop coming up. And uh, instead of having the barter blanket, we're having a seed swap. And seed swaps are really important to us because they get diversity into our gardens. And it's, it's, it's really, really funny because you'll see grown men see this cool thing that they never thought of. And they go, wow, what's that? I'd like to grow that. And then you, you know, well, it, do some swap. It also helps expand horizons. And then some of us, you know, we, I mean, I don't grow tomatoes, right? Right. But I save seeds from other plants that I've got. I've got cuttings. Uh-huh. And that, that free exchange of plant material increase, increases diversity. It also increases that land race and a regional oh. land race. Mm-hmm. It, um, also means I don't have to buy everything as a packet of seeds just for myself. I mean, it's very easy to spend a couple hundred dollars like that going through the catalog, right? I mean, yeah, sure. And if I know that, you know, you're going to have some kind of herb, then I don't buy that herb, right? And I get a few seeds from you, and then I've got them, and you've got them. We both got what we needed, but we both didn't pay $4 for a packet of seeds. Right. And, you know, if I have I have like 20 different types of tomatoes in my seed bag right Right. and i don't plant all of them so i've got about you know 20 different packets of half used tomato seed packets so i'll take some out and say hey you know here here here, here's a handful which is a point because i talked to somebody that was interested in coming to a workshop and they're like i don't really have seeds and i was like well come anyway because you're gonna leave with some now yeah you're gonna leave some and uh, i've got some comfrey to bring i've got uh i'll go out and make some cuttings of some elderberry and um, and some mulberry, and I'll bring those too. So, Good. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's really interesting in both the barter blanket and also in the seed swap is, like you said, you know, oh, I didn't bring anything, and now I feel left out. Well, right. Don't feel left out. I mean, you know, we we've had at the barter blanket, we've had we've had a guy that says, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you four hours of work for that. And the seed swaps not so much about direct exchange for exchange. Right? Exactly. It's that. about pooling. That whole gardening resource among the group, sure, and everybody doing getting a little better off. And this year, or this year, the instead of just a seed swap, we're going to do the compost combo, where uh-huh, uh-huh. anybody that's got some compost of some kind or whatever brings it. We're going to stir all that together, and we'll divide that up between everybody that brings a container for some. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Because th- that's a great way to start a new pile. It's a great way for other people to get started. It's great way to get people talking about compost but it also gets that greater diversity in everybody's compost pile which ends up being better more diverse soil life which ends up being better healthier more resistant plants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah definitely and then you know you'll you'll get more um diversity of the microbiome and stuff like that 
Right, and I and my plan at the seed swap is maybe to take a little bit extra of different interesting varieties because mm-hmm. I've talked to you know several people that they're kind of sort of interested, but they always busy when it comes around to workshop time. And I plan to give some seeds away. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because that, that 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 you know makes that connection, makes it real, makes it tangible, makes it memorable for them sure. that somebody did something and gave me something, and this is going on all the time. Well, and that's really how you recruit people also. So someone might not want to come to a workshop where we're going to talk about crypto wallets, but if you tell them that we're having a seed swap, you're going to get different folks. I've I've talked to at least three other people kind of in our group Mm -hmm. who say, yeah, I'm not really interested in that topic, but I came anyway because it's important to me to be involved. Right. to continue to get to know each other better because I mean it's not like we just have the lectures right I mean Mm -hmm. we try to keep those on topic short and of interest and then you've got all the interplay and conversations sure elsewise and we and I think the people that are most involved know that it takes just getting together and doing something no matter what it is to start building those relationships and having those conversations yeah, and that's a key. So one of the things that's a quote in the Live Not By Lies book was that it's real important to have a topic because people want to get together, but if you don't have a topic, then they either will find something else to do or, just or about you the won't be able Yeah, you won't be able to sustain it, right? You'll just right. get together and you'll look at each other, right? And you almost can't do potlucks and stuff anymore because there's so many um, you know, food allergies or whatever I, 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 else. I think- and my they, wife doesn't eat pork, so, you know, she'll find out later on that somebody used lard in it and she gets real mad, you know, stuff like that. Right. It's getting more complicated. But that's because community has broken down so far, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, people have their potluck dish. This is the dish I always bring to a potluck, or these are the ones I always bring to a potluck. And it's no longer about getting together and bringing things that people enjoy. Right. Like, I know that, you know, I make this one thing that you've been over at my house and ate or whatever that you really enjoy, so I make that for this potluck because you don't get that at home or something, right? Right. That's gone from potlucks, but I remember that being there when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Not so much the, the signature dish from that person for a potluck or whatever was easiest or what I could together that I wouldn't normally eat but it was that sharing that thing you came over to my house and said it was so great right sure sure but we're not doing that anymore either where we're eating in each other's houses and that's we don't even know what the other people like or what we just need to fix it yeah definitely and then uh, it also opens up another opportunity to invite people that may not be uh, you know that may not be interested or whatever else it's a good one of the other things we've started doing is we've done sampling of things right sure we made some sodas and i made some sodas so we had some sodas to compare and then i've been making some kombucha and we had the vinegar tasting and tasting yeah so we we need to get more of those kind of things on there so even though we're not maybe doing a full meal we're doing a yeah shared goodies or treats or yeah definitely yeah yeah so we made some sodas from uh um you know natural sodas like from yeast or from baking soda or what from whatever you know and uh like herbal sodas so it had right. it had ginger in it it had um some different type of herbs that you might not think of like a mint like a mint or a lavender soda yeah i mean you don't really think about a mint or a lavender soda and then we compared you know 
when you use brown and we did this with vinegar too if you use brown sugar versus honey versus white, white sugar, sugar what's the difference in carbonation what's the difference in taste and everything else right it, it's amazing it, it yeah it's, it's a whole thing to start thinking about and right I, I'm interested in growing some sugar beets this year. We got some yeah, seeds I for it, yeah. and I want to I want to make some sugar from that so that I can try something you know small, right? Right. Because I'm not going to get a lot of sugar. Uh huh. But something like a soda. What does this do to a soda that I can't do otherwise? So that Correct. you know maybe once or twice a year, you know Christmas or something, I can make something super special mm -hmm. that I wouldn't be able to make otherwise. Right. Well, especially you know if all of a sudden honey isn't available at the store, right? You know we get right. supply chain issues. So. Um, Another thing I like about the seed swap is the fact that um, you inherently can get to the point where you can say, hey, I, I can't grow squash here because squash bugs are a horde, right? So, you right. know, I can make a deal with you where I'll grow greens and I'll grow this or whatever and, you know, your, your land grows good squash. So I'll trade you right. this for, for squash. I, I hope to get a step farther. Uh-huh where the monthly workshop might be we get together and we all can green beans oh okay you know everybody brings the green beans they have from their land the ones that do right yep yep and you know there's nothing like sitting there you know picking the ends off all the green beans snapping them in half putting them in jars and all that right right but we can sit around and talk while we do it or listen yeah. to a podcast while we do it. I mean, that's much more enjoyable. And that's what used to happen, right? Right. When I was a kid, that's what happened. When green beans were in season, everybody went over to Grandma's house, and everybody picked the green beans, and they prepared the green beans. They put them in jars, and they canned mm -hmm. them, and maybe the guys helped Grandpa fix the tractor or right. tune up the cars or change the oil or whatever. But that whole community thing is gone and then everybody took green beans home mm -hmm. yeah I, I i would like that because i am terrible at canning green beans so when i can green beans they turn out all mushy and stuff right and see this is where having that no expert thing yeah right because somebody in the group has to have succeeded right and we can all say well i've tried this 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 and this right uh-huh and you can take all this and you go, well, this doesn't work, and this doesn't work, and this doesn't work, and this doesn't work. So we're not going to try those. We know what to look for in the recipe we're looking for. Or we have the one person that has the great success every time, and we all adapt his technique. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to start documenting things like, this is what's wrong with this method, and this is what's wrong with this method, so that we've got that resource as a community. Sure. And anybody that's got the time and energy to do that can end up with one really good, thriving cookbook good yeah and do it on more than just that i mean you know there's all kinds of things we've learned right everybody's done a different style chicken coop and everybody's done mm -hmm. and that's what it's about because that, that that's what community really is right is from that develops a culture sure people look at the amish right and they they have a certain way of building barns or they have a certain way of building their house or thinking about and designing that stuff but that comes from that community living together over hundreds of years going this doesn't work this doesn't work this doesn't work this doesn't work this is what works uh-huh and combining all those things at work is what provides that culture right culture's not this um it's not something you can sit down right out and do right it uh -huh. becomes a thing i can tell right now that pressing fruit next year if we do it again 
and we do it the year following, that's three years in a row, right? And that's on a cycle, we will end up with a fruit pressing festival or something, right? Oh, yeah. Because... We're already talking about it. Right. They're already (laughs) talking about it. But we could not have sat down and said, this is the thing that would become... Mm-hmm. a cultural thing for us in our area, in our geography, and we should pinpoint it around this time of year. Yeah, that's true. Right? And when we hit the next one, and we hit the next one, and we start going from the fruit pressing to the green bean canning to the whatever it is, right? And mm-hmm. it may end up being something like, you know, we're doing workshops at everybody's houses until winter, and then we're doing it at my shop again because it's heated, right? That's yeah. That starts, the more times you go around that loop doing the same thing, that's where the culture comes from. Right. And, and that, that, that getting rid of these solutions don't work and this does, and that becoming like an oral tradition and a, just, just the way we do it, that's culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think, one I think the... that, that's the end result. You know, we were going to talk about what the community should be like. Well, it should be like a bunch of neighbors who've lived together and we have pooled our knowledge. Uh-huh. To say these things don't work in this situation, these are the things that do, and we just start adapting those, and we start to build those festivals and those get-together times and those things that work for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then our potluck would be different than, you know, two states over, right? Because sure. one, we're regional. Two, we know what sodas we like. We know what this we like. We've already, we now take into consideration everybody's food allergies or sensitivities or that, right? And that meal becomes different and unique and right. regional to us. And that's another level of that culture. And that's where the community should go. Uh-huh. And it should be, maybe people come, right? And they see how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing in our culture doesn't quite fit them, but they like the idea and they don't hate us. So they go do theirs with their neighbors, right? But sure. maybe we still get together or we cross paths here and there, right? Because maybe somebody goes to um, your community get togethers and someone goes to mine, right? And we're separate at some point, right? Sure. And then we get, they go to both of those, right? Then it's kind of a bunch of circles that kind of web-like and interconnect, not rigid, weird, ten families that always get together and there's no room for nobody else. And that, it's more about restoring those little cultures that kind of connect through all these interweb network relationships. And Yeah, that's that, good. And somebody has to start it. Right. Yeah, and then... And then and then um, propagate it out to other areas, right? So we have some people that come from Kansas City. Some we have some people that drive an hour and a half to come to our workshop. You know, right? We like that, to that see. That just tells you how starved people are for community for the experience, right? And uh, we like to see them, um, you know, spin up their own in their own area because it's really important to have it local as well so that and then some people can't right because they they, they just don't have time and whatnot right but i think eventually it will just start happening sure and and if somebody's still even at that point right they've got their own and they still want to come to ours Mm -hmm. they're definitely going to be welcome right right because of that that's that interwebbed thing right you need those people that are doing that that's how that's how the gossip protocol works right the gossip mm-hmm. protocol is one person tells one person it tells one person what tells one other person 
And when that's not done in a gossip, backbiting, stab people in the back, violate confidences way, it's called news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it creates more of that culture and more of that community because knowing what's going on in other people's lives. And I want to see that start, too. Right, right. I think we see it kind of here and there because, you know, sometimes we get together and we'll say, I haven't heard from, you know, like Will for a while. Uh -huh. You've been talking to Will? What's Will been doing? Right? Those kind of conversations. Got some interesting stuff with him anyway. Um, yeah. But, you know, those, yeah. as that happens, and that's It's harder to fall news. through the crack. It's hard, harder to fall through the cracks, right? Right. Because you're going to say, hey, you know, I haven't seen Will in a while. We may, we may want to check on him and make sure he's okay. I spent a week completely disconnected from the internet and everything, right? Uh-huh. First time ever. I have people checking on me to make sure I'm okay. That's good. Right? Uh-huh. Some of them knew I was gone. Some of them didn't, right? But they came to check on me. That's good. I, That's I, good. I love that. That's good. Usually like I'm that. the one checking on everybody. I usually don't get checked on no matter how long I'm silent, right? That's, That's interesting. So that ties None of my our... Facebook friends have checked on me. Well, Facebook. None of my Twitter friends have checked yeah, on me. Yeah, right? Facebook. I... <laughs> Right. But we call those friends. We, we call that community. We call them important people in our lives. They're right. not. Right. They're entertainment. Mm -hmm. The next that goes into our next uh, question that we had on the Thrive in the Future thing was how do you keep that connection? One of the ways we do that is we have a Monday night te um, Telegram call. The core of us, we invite some new people if they come to a workshop or whatever. But you know, we have a Monday night tele Telegram call. We determine ahead of time. We, we take round robin about what the topic will be, and it's an innocuous topic, right? Well, like, not always. Uh, I mean, some of it, yeah. some of it's get drives at what do you value? Yeah, exactly. I like the way you choose you choose questions that focus on what do you value. Last week we had we had the topic of what what podcast do you listen to? Where do you get your news? And we and we went through and we learned. I, I mean, I wrote down several podcasts that I've never heard of before, right? So it right. was, uh, and that was but, but, but that helps expand your worldview, right? Uh-huh. And as we share podcasts. Sure. And we express what we value. Not only do we think about what we really value, we express it. That starts being those tying in points, right? If, right. if you have a group of people that are going to get together and do workshops, when we know all know we value honesty, mm -hmm. lying becomes a bigger deal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right? Right. And it's no longer I assume that that person likes honesty or searches out honesty or deals with deception in these ways, right? Sure. It's, we share this value. Right. That, that creates that relationship that's a tighter network than yeah. before. And then, you're, and, and then you're taking it to the next step beyond the electronic and your face-to-face. -face, right. Right. And then the, the Monday night call reinforces the checking up with each other, Right. And it's not, right. uh, um, especially during the wintertime, that's really important because, you know, we might not hear any, hear from anybody for three weeks until the next workshop or whatever. But, you know, we have a way to check in and say, hey, you know, have you heard of, have you heard from, have you heard from this guy, you know, so. Right. And the conversations topic spawns when we get together. Yeah. Is so much better. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't spend the time when you're together getting to know the other people. Right. You get to know the new guy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think we're getting better at that as we've gotten to know each other better, that when somebody's new, we spend more time catching them up with those questions and the other things going on rather than... Yeah, that's something we could still improve on because, you know, I mean... We well, got somebody new, and and they they were like, you guys are all like tight knit, and <laughs> you know, we'll have to make sure that we spend some time with the new folks, so that they feel welcome or whatever else as well. So, it, it is a skill we're going to get better at. Yeah, yeah, we're not bad at it. We're just you know. We there we go. Work. There we go. There there is a topic question for one of our Monday night calls. How do we practice the skill of getting to know the new guy? The new person or the new family or the new that that what 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 are we, what, what are we yeah it's, that's how we come up with a topic <laughs> yeah yeah and then we'll we put it on the telegram chat and we say hey we're having a call on Monday night this is the topic and uh, that and reminds then, everybody the call's coming up. It yeah. gives everybody a little bit of time to think about it beforehand because there's nothing sure. like walking into a thing and then you got a question. It's intimidating. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep, definitely. So one of the other questions we had was, uh, you know, do you have leaders? What's your leadership look like? And we really don't have leaders. So we have I, a I think, couple I think, of I, us. I think we have people that drive the community more than others, right? True. And people just follow them because they're driving it. True. And and part of that is also like, um, I mean, you and I spend a lot more time together than everybody else does, right? And uh, well, we got the podcast. And yeah. We're and a little we were, closer. We, yeah. we, we were friends before. Before, before yeah, all yeah, that, right? So, you know, and uh, and stuff. I mean, and and we... You know, there might be one or other, one or two other people that we spend more time with, right? But, so, and I think that's part of the important thing, right? If you have leaders, uh huh, all you all you collect is followers. Correct. Not doers. Right. Not people that are interested in thriving. You collect people that are interested in being told what to do. Yeah, and then the leader and they, they push the responsibility off. Sure. On the leader. Uh huh. But the way me and you see the world, and I know several of the other guys see the world, this might be another good topic, right? Yeah. Um, is that people need to be independent and responsible for their own lives first. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can't build a community. So it really is that everybody is a leader. Right. They're leading their own life. They're choosing to be responsible for their own life. And they're choosing to be responsible for their web of connection and community and building a culture. Mm-hmm. And each one of those chosen responsibilities they've taken it on means we get together and we don't need a specific leader, right? Sure. We need somebody to say, I need logs pulled out of my creek. Or we need mm-hmm. somebody to say, I need chickens processed. Right. Or I'm going to talk about this at the next workshop. And... It organizes itself because the people are taking the responsibility for their own life. They are taking responsibility, each taking some responsibility for the community forming and right. building. And so when you need a leader, we defer to the best person, right? I mean, yeah. if, if, we, if we were going to take a trip, right, we would defer to the person who's 
whoever's is volunteered to drive, right? True. And we would defer to the person who had been to that place before mm-hmm. or the best navigator in the group, right? Right. Yeah, and it, and it can be based on skill because, I mean, if you have leaders, air quotes, you know, then uh, then that person tends to make the group the, um, the mirror image of themselves or they push the group in a certain direction so they're all cookie cutter, you know, or whatever. But you you can't have a no experts workshop. Yeah, sure. Because there's only one expert. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy in charge. He's always the expert. Yep. So we got away away from that. So that's good. So you were talking about, so we talked about as is. We're talking a little bit about to be. Um, Some of the things we can improve on on, as well. You have an experience where you saw a a different kind of community in action. You want to share about that? So, yeah, I I spent some time at a monastery. And what really stuck out to me is there was kind of a default leadership, right? Because the religious organization kind of does that where there is a, you know, person kind of in charge, right? Mm -hmm. And But they weren't in charge of everything, right? I mean, they they were responsible for everything, but they allowed people to have responsibilities under them. You know, this person's in charge of this area, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things you said was being without technology really helped because you were like... Yes, I I think it really helped me because it... You were like fasting from technology pretty much. Not to be religious about it, but you know what I mean. You could say that. I wouldn't think it's the same thing because fasting is always tied to prayer in my mind, right? right. This was a time of basically stepping away. Yeah, that's good. That's a better analogy. Good. And with that stepping away was this is not going to work here, so the phone just stayed in the backpack. Yeah, that's good. And when it stayed there, I mean, there were several times we were in a conversation that's like, Ooh, I want to go grab. I reach for my pocket to grab my phone because I want to do research on that thing right now. Uh huh. I guess I'm just gonna have to wait see if that's important, right? Huh. So were you having deeper conversations then because there wasn't the distraction of technology? Yes, and I think we listened more when somebody else asked a question. Uh. You know, these two. This person asked this person a question because this is the person that's more of an expert on that topic in the room, right? Right. But you actually listen to what they were saying more instead of sitting there, oh, I'll check my email real quick. Yeah, or multitasking, right? Or researching it, right, to make sure <laughs> to write, right? Or or to add input or that. And it was slower. And it it was it was to me it was better. It, it Right. I, I am I can't I've been on Twitter twice since I got back. Or what, four or five days in uh-huh. back. And I don't care about anything that's going on there. Yeah, that's good. I don't have a drive to comment or share my opinion. Yeah. And I think that comes from a time of actually being heard, having real conversations, right? Huh. Interesting. I, I think it would be I think it would do our group a whole lot of good to take a trip. Like go do a canoe trip. Uh-huh. And yeah, maybe we bring the phones, but maybe they spend most of their time off and in a bag. Yeah, I would hope so. So, But we had the phones, right, in case somebody gets hurt, right? Somebody sure, sure. needs an emergency thing, you know, whatever. We can get it. Mm-hmm. 
but the rest of the time is just off. So maybe only one or two of us bring a phone. Mm-hmm. And we spend time without it because I think that really changes the group dynamic in some very interesting ways. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it deepens the connection. But I think that that, that moment of having those kind of conversations where you know you've been heard and nobody's running off real quick. Because, I mean, a lot of times we, we, we have plenty of meetings where we don't have the phones, right? But we're talking like an hour or two. Yeah. Right? And then we're talking together on the phone again, right? Mm-hmm. But also having conversations where you can't send anybody a link forces you to either spend more time detailing what it was you heard <clears throat> in the podcast. Right. To not talk about the podcast, which was something that was interesting. The longer we were without those, right, mm-hmm. it started to shift from, I heard so-and-so say... Or I read in a book to more the first-hand perspective of that, right? I think when I was reading this book, Mm -hmm. my thoughts were... Hmm. That's interesting. And that's less of an appeal to an authority, right? Because a book and a podcast and a news article and watching the news is partially about having that authority to call on to prove I'm right. Wow, I like that. And it shifted more to, this was my experience of the information I encountered. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be like, the best case scenario would be probably like a two-week trip, no technology. Yeah, that'd be hard. I I can't get off work that long. I'm not saying it's realistic, right? Right, right. But that period, I think, would reform a lot of the conversation. I am looking forward to getting back together with this group of people that I yeah. went with to see how that's changed the conversation still, right? Uh-huh. I've thought about, like, I have ways of messaging them, right? And it's sure. like, oh, it's just not going to feel like I'm talking to them. Huh. Right? Right. The, the technology actually ends up meeting in between and I'd rather yeah. see him in person. It, it, it's a different place to be. I mean, it's like I've got a bunch of Telegram chats, right? Uh huh. Some of them I haven't even read yet. Interesting. I haven't even looked at. Hmm. And I'm starting to go, why am I in that group? Yeah, it's, I, I'm in that group because I I was interested at one point or that, but I've got this tie to these people. Uh huh. But they're not really feeding me, right? Sure. They're just taking away, and it, it really just changed it. And yeah, you know, some of that may be the religious aspects of that particular thing, but I think part of it was the no technology and the group of people, and really getting to know people, and actually being heard. Right? I mean, how many how many times have you posted something anywhere on any social media, even Telegram or whatever, right? And it starts to feel like you're talking into a black hole. Mm-hmm. Even when people sort of hear you, they only half hear you, and they they do this counter argument, and you're like, "But you're agreeing with me while trying to start an argument with me. You didn't hear me yet, right? Right? And you're thinking that, about what you're going to say while you're listening to somebody else, right? And and it happens in that, but when you're face to face, it changes, right? And we've we've known that. Right. But it's made 
the digital technology even more just that way to keep up with the people I can't see face to face. Sure. And to organize things, which actually like puts it back in its proper place. Hmm. Interesting. And I'm interested to see where this goes and as as we go along with that. Yeah, I think what was really interesting and was and what really stood out to me. I wasn't there, but what really stood out to me was when you were on the way back, you said, I'm on my way home back to uncivilization. And I yeah. thought, that's a typo. But then I thought about it and I, and it made, <laughs> and it was profound. That was a profound statement to say, hey, you know, I've been living in civilization where you would think that you're without technology, you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, you're at a monastery, whatever, then uh, you would think that would be just the opposite, that that would be quiet, that would be uh, withdrawn, that would be not interactive. It, it, was, it was more alive. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah, what but, stood out but, in but, but, you know, I, And one of the things that really, really did that for me, right, is so there are services early in the morning Yeah. In in the evening, so uh -huh. one one way or another, you're going to be walking at dark. In the morning, you're going to be walking at dark back to your room sure, at night. Sure. One 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 way one trips in the dark. Right. And um, as I was walking, somebody started walking behind me. Mm -hmm. And what registered was, I didn't look to see who that was. Wait a minute, I didn't look because I don't fear them. Uh huh. I have nobody here that I need to worry about. Yeah. And so you had ultimate it, safety in that situation. But that than, takes you out of fight or flight completely, right? Wow. I mean, how how subconscious is that turn around and look when you hear mm -hmm. somebody step footsteps behind you? That, that's really interesting. Right? I wouldn't have thought of that. So 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 I was completely out of that survival mindset, and that's completely out of the scarcity mindset, which was really clear to me is that I was not concerned about having things right everything was abundant hmm. and that, that, that's a perspective thing and i hope i don't lose that and if i start to lose that i am probably going someplace similar or finding a way to get completely back there yeah because i mean i i am less in that in that scarcity fear fight or fight mindset than a lot of people right 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 but for me to drop into a whole new level of that or even my subconscious doesn't trigger with the have to look. Mm. That's really... It was a different thing, right? I spent more time walking and looking at the stars. I spent more time watching the snow fall on the mountain and melt and fall and melt. And then... Wow. Those are good thoughts. Well, good thing to wrap up on. Yeah, I think so. I Thank that... you for listening, and we'll talk to you the next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. Check us out on our website, thriveinthefuture.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at ThrivingTheFute, and come join our community chat on Telegram. It has a link in the website. This podcast was produced by Scott, the Freedom Farmer, freedomfarmer.net.